Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, textual harassment. Molly brings the case against her good friend Hector. Hector values her advice and often seeks her thoughts on matters professional or personal. Since they live far away from each other, he often texts or emails her to get in touch. Molly says that his digital poking and consultation has gotten out of hand. Should Hector tone it down? Well, only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. Smiling face with open mouth emoji. Family emoji, man, woman, boy, girl. Equal sign, equal sign, period. Anguished face emoji. Family emoji, man, woman, boy, girl. Equal sign, equal sign with a slash through it. Russian flag. Bailiff Jesse Thorne, please swear them in. Please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that he, frankly, never seeks advice from anyone, save for former Vice President Hubert Humphrey using his Ouija board? I do. (laughs) I do. Very well, Judge Hodgman. You may be seated. Uh, Molly and Hector, for an immediate summary judgment in one of yours favors, can either of you name the obscure cultural reference that I made as I entered the courtroom? Uh, Hector, you are the respondent. Molly is bringing you to this fake internet court. So you have the choice to either guess first or make Molly guess first, but you will both guess. That is my order. Hector, will you take the option to guess first or pass? I will guess first. Go for it. Moscow on the Hudson? An interesting guess. But before I say whether it is right or wrong, I will let Molly guess. Um, It sounds like the opening passage of Anna Karenina in emoji form. All right. Well, it was nice playing with you, Anna. You're absolutely (laughs) correct. Yes. Unbelievable. (laughs) Does that That, mean I win already? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. I don't know what we're going to do for the podcast. Uh. This has only happened (laughs) once or twice before. And usually I'm able to find some loophole to get out (laughs) of giving, making an immediate summary judgment in your favor. But in this case, I'm not going to, because that was, as we referred to recently in our Mortal Kombat themed podcast of the other week, that was a flawless victory. How... (laughs) How <laughs> were you in my house this morning? Possibly. How did you? How did you? What describe? Hold. <laughs> Hi, um, first of all, first of all, I find in Molly's favor. This is the sound of a gavel. Judge John Hodgman rules. That is all. Now we're just going to have to talk for a while about your problems and stuff, and see. And Hector, you can maybe see if you can change my mind. Mm. But how, how, tell me your train of thought. How did you come to that? Well, it sounded who are, like it. Who are, who are you, sorceress? <laughs> well, it's a very famous line, right? About happy families and unhappy families. Do you, can you say the, the, can you say the line? Oh, gosh. Uh, all happy families are happy in the same way, but all unhappy ones are unhappy in their own way. No, you didn't say it correctly. So now we have like- to, now we have to hear the case. <laughs> I take Ugh. back my judgment. I hear your appeal. Uh, appeal. Appeal approved, Hector. We will hear the case. Phew. Why didn't I think of that loophole? I guess I was too astonished. 
even though I proved to be a judge in bad faith by revoking your immediate summary judgment, <laughs> uh, I, you still have my uh, admiration. The quote, of course, is all happy families are alike. Each unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. And even if you had gotten that right, I would have said you got it wrong because he didn't say it in Russian. <laughs> it is the famous opening line of Leo Tolstoy's Anna Karenina, translated, as you said, into emojis because... You contend that Hector, your friend Hector, is fulfilling his name by hectoring you with uh, repeated requests for advice, requests that sometimes take the form of just text messages of emojis, even even without uh, words. Is that not so, Molly? That is so. Explain to me why Hector needs your advice. So Hector and I are really close, very good friends. We've known each other I guess, a decade now. Um, And we click in that way that I think it's rare to click with another person that, you know, we really understand each other. We give each other really valued and important advice when we're dealing with issues in our own lives. Um, So I don't begrudge him at all asking me for advice. It's more the manner in which it often happens um and the way that he chooses to get in contact with me that is the issue you guys have known each other for a decade molly uh where do you live and how old are you um i am 28 and i currently live in ann arbor michigan and so were you high school friends no we met at uh undergrad in saint paul minnesota uh you mean undergrad college (laughs) good old uc of saint paul (laughs) (laughs) it's a small liberal arts college McAllister college oh sure yeah absolutely Hector, uh, you are the same age then or thereabouts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and you live where? Um, I'm actually in uh, Belgium, in Leuven, Belgium. Oh, my goodness. What do you do in, in Belgium? Um, I'm also a grad student. We're both grad students, but just uh, across the, the, the way from uh, the pond from each other. And Molly, you're a graduate student in what? Uh, I'm getting my PhD in history and women's studies. And uh, Hector, you are studying, you're getting your PhD in lambic beer? Uh, in a Chimay, Chimay, uh, Chimay minor. <laughs> but uh, the, uh, no, uh, I'm in philosophy. Okay, great. Uh, you know what my philosophy is? Don't go to grad People school. People like what they like. You have to spend money oh, to yeah, make money. True. was what I was going to say. <laughs> People do like what they like. That's true. What would that be termed as philosophy? A, 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 a tautology? That's uh, good advice. Okay. Well, you are seeking good advice from Belgium all the time. Why don't, what, what, what are you, why don't you, why can't you take care of yourself? Uh, Molly uh, is a good advice giver. Mm-hmm. I would like to say that first in order to not make myself look like a monster. Uh, and then uh, she, so we, I... I wait, a minute, uh, wait, a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hector, let me understand. Yes. Let me explain something to you here. Mm-hmm. I don't presume that everyone's a monster right off the bat. You, you've displayed no monstrous tendencies so far. Molly mm-hmm. has not made a particularly strong case against you at this point. All she is saying is that uh, my friend needs my help and I am tired of giving him help. If anyone <laughs> looks like a monster at this point... <laughs> It's Molly, especially since I'm not convinced she doesn't have a spy camera in my home and maybe in my brain (laughs) to figure out the cultural reference that way. So don't you worry about it, Hector. You just relax. Let me give you some advice. Mm. Relax and just uh, and and take it easy. What kind of advice do you ask Molly for? Give me a specific example, if you don't mind. 
Well, uh, I think the most advice I ever ask from her is she is a uh, she's a very well she she has a, 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 a an aptitude uh, a knack for um, professionalism that is a uh, really to be admired and she's really good at sort of uh, just I'll stop you right there. Why do you need to know anything about professionalism? <laughs> you are a graduate student in philosophy in Belgium. Right. <laughs> Good point. You're in Europe studying philosophy. Professional for you is putting on a shirt. That, that's not too far from the truth. I don't think actually. Like, it's, it's like it's it's like how much cheese can I eat at lunch? Or how or how much how little cheese can I eat at lunch and still be accepted by the people around me? It's more like it. Mm. Give me an example of a question of professional nature that you are that you would ask uh, Molly. I think most of the questions I've asked are about emails. So uh, I think in uh, in in life and in grad school, you have to write a lot of emails. Yes, and there are all different kinds of emails. And sometimes getting the tone right for emails is an entire. It's it's a quest. I mean, I don't I don't think uh, I don't think we're born knowing how to write uh, the right kind of email. And so, uh, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll be uncertain about uh, whether the tone in a particular email is right. And, uh, you know, what kind I'll of, ask what her, kind of email, what kind of, are you abusive in your emails? No, <laughs> 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 uh, no, they're just, uh, just regular emails. And not, who, who uh, are you writing to your, your, your colleagues? Yeah. Your sometimes colleagues. Yeah, sometimes fellow students, uh, sometimes uh, uh, people who are in a position of, you know, supervisory positions, um, or um, you know, people who are in the game of uh, uh, granting fellowships or whatever. And those people are, you know, you got to address them in a particular way. Yeah. And I don't do think you normally anybody... start your emails like, "Hey, dum dum, why aren't you writing me back?" You really got to come with the realness if you're addressing somebody who's in. That hard, raw fellowship game. Yeah, you know what though, <laughs> the Belgian the Belgian philosophers respect a little uh, aggro in their email. You know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> well, see, this is what I don't know. This is what I've never. This is what you're not born knowing. You don't know how how hard to go. Molly, you accuse uh, Hector of actually not having common sense or pretending to not have common sense about these things in order to bother you with emails of his own. So far, that's he seems to be displaying that rather well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't think he is doing it maliciously. I think he actually doesn't have common sense <laughs> about these things in particular. And I guess, like, yeah, the copy editing is definitely something I don't enjoy or feel like I should have to do as his friend. Um, Molly. Yes. Hector will send you an email for you to copy edit? Is that what I'm understanding? Basically, there are two issues here. One is this thing about emails. The other is the way that he gets in contact with me to ask me to like help with these things. Mm -hmm. The email thing, um, the concrete example I can provide is, yes. this is actually not a copy editing one, but he received an email from a program um, that I think maybe, I forget what it was about. He's, he got an email from someone and it said something like, uh, he asked me, does this mean, what does this mean for me? And the email said, um, your application is due in one week. And his question was, does this mean my application is due in one week? <laughs> and uh -huh. I think I replied, 
are you serious? Uh huh. <laughs> and he said, yes, I'm serious. I need to know what's going on. What was not clear to you? <laughs> I, I see this is I don't sometimes emails. There are tonal problems with emails. That's, there's not a tonal issue with that. <laughs> well, I mean, in this, in this, I mean Molly, didn't, Molly didn't submit this email in evidence, so I'm only going on her assertion that what she's representing oh, is true. No, but I, I, I'm, 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 I, I recall this email. Uh, the, the, I think the, the, the email itself was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, an automated email. So I couldn't quite tell uh, the urgency of what was going on in that email. I couldn't what? quite tell if a week meant a week because it was an email that was written by a robot. And robots are liars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> your concern was that when the robot maliciously typed to you simple information, such as your application is due in a week, you were concerned that, in fact, it might be due sooner and the robot was too, <laughs> too dumb to know, or that it wasn't due for three weeks and the robot was just giving you a hard time because of the hatred of humans. Uh, probably more the latter than the former. It's really interesting that you read this email in the context of your imagination that there is a, a robot or automated programming behind it, rather than simply taking the information at face value. It's almost like a, a, a perceptual, like like face blindness almost. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, Do you think this is a this is this would have been the good subject for an Oliver Sacks book, Judge Hodgman? Well, um, uh, alas, Oliver Sacks has passed away fairly recently. A fascinating man, but yeah. I, I mean, it's. It, I I want to, and I and I don't say this in order to suggest monstrosity to you in the least, sir. But I want you to understand my utter befuddlement as to what the what your issue was with the tone of this email, given that the information was very clearly laid out for you, and it didn't really matter where its point of origin was, as far as you were were, were concerned. Your application is due in a week. That's an English sentence that is pretty clear. Why do you think you were so wrapped up in whether or not it was true? And what do you think Molly could have told you? Again, I think I think part of why I, I went to Molly with that particular question is because just she uh, had been through a similar process not long before. So I thought she could maybe uh, assist in reading between the lines. Or did you think these, she was uh, going to say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got one of those robot messages before. <laughs> That robot is broken. In fact, your application is not due until next year. Well, if 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 if, if it would have been, if there was a an uh, uh, you know, if it would have been something that you could interpret, then she would have been able to interpret it. Um, you know, and if it was something that was, were as you she able said, to were you able to accept that there was nothing here to interpret? Well, especially after she very pointedly said, you know, something along the lines of, uh, you know, are you uh, are you, you serious? Know, yeah, are you serious? Yeah. You know, then, 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 then. If I'm not, if I quick, recall quick question, quick Sorry. question, Molly, your email was it an email or a text to him that said, "Are you serious?" Um, I think I replied in the email. Right. And so, when you received Molly's email, "Are you serious?" Do you remember getting that email, or in your mind, did it say something else? Uh, that sounds like Molly. Were you able to? <laughs> were you able to interpret the tone? Uh, the tone is usually the same, and. And when she replies, and at that point that's you're not fair. To, I object to that. That's, we've already established that you're some kind of weird, <laughs> witchy monster creature who can read minds, 
and obviously has no problem <laughs> interpreting tone, especially when there is no tone, as, as, I, uh, as there rarely is in robotic language. Judge, I think I've, I've actually just pulled, is it, is it possible to submit this in evidence, even yes. though that would, okay. I'm looking at the email right now. Do you want me to just narrate what happens No, I'd here? like you to send it to me directly. Um, so just send it right now to... Uh, Okay, it's sent. All right, I'm I'm opening it now. Dear Judge Ask, what? No, that's you can't start an email that way. What, Hector? Oh my God! Nobody, nobody helps me anymore. And then there, are, and then there are a hundred emoticons that are just a pile of poo in the shape of my name. That's very. That you must have had that ready to go, ready to cut and paste. That's really. That probably took a solid day of work right. to do that kind of emoticon art. Oh my goodness. All right. Uh, and now here comes the robot message. Dear Hector, our records show that you have started an application for the philosophy program at whoop, university, but you have not yet submitted your application. The deadline for that program for fall 2015 admission is on February 15, 2015. Gee, I don't even know what that means. Molly, Molly, what does that mean? I, I don't know. It's bafflement. Uh, all right, Hector, I don't want to make fun of you. Uh, <laughs> Please do. No, no, that's your job, Molly. <laughs> I'm supposed to be impartial. Um, and I don't, want to, I don't want to belabor this point. Was your concern that the deadline was actually earlier? Or was your hope that the deadline was actually later? Well, I think a combination of both of those things. I, my my I, my suspicion was that it was earlier, but I wanted her to, to you know to, to chi- uh, to chime in. And once she chimed in, did you accept that the deadline for the program is on February fifteenth, twenty fifteen? Well, yeah, I mean, and yeah, par- par- partially because she because her response to that email is it doesn't seem to matter. Uh, you know what, what? What you're reading too much into it, essentially. Which you know, sort of, let me realize that it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't worth looking into it more deeply than I was looking into it. Did you get your deadline in on time? I mean, did you get your application in on time? Yes, I did. All right. And were you accepted to the program? Uh, not that particular program. Well, uh, it was complicated, but not not exactly. <laughs> You didn't get in. It was complicated because you your application began with, "Dear horrific robots, I resent your nasty <laughs> nagging of me, and I know you think ill of me. I can uh, read between the lines, and I know that you want me dead. <laughs> Stop hectoring me, robots. There can be only one Hector. Okay. Molly, you have another complaint against Hector, which yes. is the, the, you mentioned it's the style in which he approaches you for advice. Can you explain that to me? So what he'll do is it tends to be he has a thing he wants to ask me mm-hmm. and he'll shoot off a text that will be hi or it'll say malls. Mm-hmm. Or it'll be a smiley face. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't hear from me, he'll essentially keep sending either that same message or variations on that theme um, until I reply. And the theme, and being, the theme being just hi or like your name? no substance. Yeah. Right. No, not giving you or, any indication. Or my, 
Well, my favorite is he's done this thing where he'll he'll write three forward slashes and then just send that. <laughs> what does it yeah. mean? <laughs> because that's know. you know what? That's legitimately hard to interpret. <laughs> that would be one where I'm like, there is a robot trying to kill me. Look at the weird thing they're sending me. <laughs> yeah, precisely. How, and if how, I'm in a good mood, uh-huh, like it's fine. Uh-huh. But if I'm in a bad mood or I'm busy and I get six of these, then when I finally talk to him, I'm furious. And that's not fun for either of us. Six of them in, in, in what stretch of time? Like <laughs> six in like four hours. Five hours. And at no point in this run, Hector, did you ask her or, or give her some indication of what it was you were contacting her about? Molly can correct me if I'm wrong, but the sequence. Oh, I'm sure she is, will. Yeah, no, she doesn't need much prompting. Uh, the uh, the the sequence begins. Um, you know, so I so I think I start out and with the either the emoji or the forward slashes or the highs, and that's just that's just regular you know, normal friend outreach. That's just me reaching out to her. And so that, and then... Wait, 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 wait. What are the three forward slashes? How is that regular? What is that? Does that indicate something? Can I look that up on Urban Dictionary? I, uh, I, it, it's, it's just a, it's That's just a, a friendly, you know. It's a pure Hectorism? Did you make it up? I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. I just, uh, Boy, that's just how I greet her. Boy, oh boy, let me tell you something. If you enter three forward slashes into the search bar in Google Chrome, which is the browser I happen to be using at this moment, you get something really weird and interesting. <laughs> what is going on here? What am I looking at? Global thermonuclear war? Sure. I'll click it. Whoops. I do want to play a game. Oh, no, it seems to be, it seems to be an index of my computer? It's an index of some computer. Hector, what have you done? Is this how you've been spying on me, Molly? Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. First, I've got the spy cams up in his house so I can guess the cultural reference. And then at some point, Hector, you're just going to, you just, you just, uh, you just faint. You just uh, not, don't fall asleep faint, but F-E-I-N-T. Just make up a whole bunch of nonsense about how you don't understand simple English just to throw him off his game. And then I'm going to claim that you sent me three forward slashes of text. <laughs> this will be so weird that he's going he's gonna to put it into his search bar <laughs> that will tap into his computer and give him a weird, a, a weird index of some computer that isn't his. And then he'll click on something and then we'll just start stealing all of his money. Is that what's going on here? Is this some weird phishing scam? <laughs> if so, I have to tell you, uh, your, your salutation was delightful. But the body of your message is really mean. <laughs> where were we? Oh, yeah. Where did you come up with this three forward slash business, Hector? Well, I, I actually, I think it's something that I, I've, uh, yeah, some friends of, my, friends of mine and I usually just send each other the forward slash via text or chat window. And it usually just means a sort of a friendly opening gambit statement. And then I guess I, I kind of transfer that to my friendship with Molly, and she seems to understand it. Uh, so I guess it might be something that has tapped into something bigger than than I thought. Wait, a friendly opening gambit? What are you, Bobby Fisher? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, all right. Let me just it say. It seems that I've tapped into something larger than I thought. <laughs> forward slash, forward slash, forward slash, send. Let's see. Let's see how Molly counters this one. <laughs> oh, the classic Molly defense. A question mark. I will counter now with three more forward slashes of mystery. Uh, well, it's interesting that you should have, I mean, you know, it. what you're saying, Hector, I appreciate, or I hope you appreciate makes sense because three forward slashes is one extra character than simply saying hi. Mm-hmm. Although you do have to move your thumb. I wonder. But I will tell you, <laughs> Aside from my weird experience of putting it into the Google search bar and discovering uh, uh, a hidden directory of a secret computer, uh, I uh, I did look it up on Urban Dictionary, and in fact, it is uh, according to uh, user submitter Scion from August nine two thousand four. It is a derogatory reference to female anatomy. So thanks, Hector. Let me just say mm, uh, an etiquette foul on your part, Hector. (laughs) Molly. Yes. After Hector has sent you three or four emojis and put you in a bad Mm. mood. Then you will respond and he will ask you a question such as, does this deadline apply to me or have I phrased this correctly? Or what is there something else that happens? I mean, that's like a recurring theme, definitely. Um, he he asked my advice on all kinds of things, really. Give me some um, more examples. Oh gosh, uh, he sometimes has questions about the people in his program, like just. Are these people human or robots? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure they're human. Uh-huh. No, I that might be a question he might ask. <laughs> Um, he has questions about like how to deal I don't know with... I don't know if these people are human or robots I sent them the three slashes and they have not replied <laughs> yeah uh huh go on um, what kind of questions does he, he ask about people in his program oh I mean like they're sort of they're like gossipy friend questions just like this guy is annoying me like what should I do about it or am I being crazy about this particular interaction or whatever I don't really mind that so much because I feel like that is more like within my purview as his friend. And I find those questions interesting because they're kind of gossipy. Sure. Um, I really would like I... to know more about <laughs> Hector. Stand by. I, I want you to think about what's wrong. What, you know, I want you to think about uh, the, the friends you don't like and, and, uh, <laughs> and tell me some of the ways they bother you or you worry that you're bothering them. Hang on for the, you know, develop some specific answers to the questions. Go on, Molly. We'll do. We'll do. Um, yeah. So I think it's, it's really more, the manner he gets in touch because then if it, if he catches me at a particularly bad time and then I'm in a, a crappy mood and we talk, then the whole conversation is me like trying to explain to him why I don't like what he's doing. And he doesn't like that. And I don't like being that person. And it just ends up being like, we don't get to like what he want to talk about. It's not a fun conversation. I'm just angry. Um, so it just like kind of ruins our interaction. So do I understand correctly that, um, the transaction it once Hector has sent in the three slashes mm. as far as his he's concerned the transaction is not complete until you speak voice to voice right or like a lengthy chat conversation 
uh, uh, in text or something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And, and and if you don't get back to him within a, a quick period of time, he will just keep nudging you and nudging you. Yes. Heck, he, he all, he, I, to his credit, he has done this where he sent a question mm-hmm. um, once, but he <laughs> the question was, is vocal fry real? Uh-huh. And he sent it to me. Uh-huh. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times over the space of three days. Can I suggest a response if he ever sends that question to you again? Uh-huh. Just be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I think at one point I told him, like, I'm up north with my family. I don't have service. And then he just sent it four more times. Heck, heck, what? Hector, were you retyping the question over and over again, or were you cutting and pasting this? Mm, I think I uh, actually may have typed it again every single time. <laughs> you Do you not appreciate how annoying that is? In my defense, I was seeking to be annoying that time. The other, t- the other times sense? I was, well, no, because I, that was an exceptional case. That was me trying I'd, to. Be I'd annoying. much, I'd much rather he say, "Yeah, I was really, I was trying to annoy you," than say, "I don't see how that's annoying," and also, I don't see why humans are human. So you wouldn't say that this falls into that old chestnut knowledge of the law is no defense. <laughs> <laughs> why were you trying to annoy your friend? She's lumping a lot of interactions under the same umbrella. Um, the, the, the is vocal fry real was a question that I was not seeking the answer to that. I just well, wanted it's a good to, thing you asked it <laughs> <laughs> that I was just seeking to, to, to make an annoying sound on her, on her chat window with, um, but that was, but that was, that was, that's part of, uh, uh, of the, of the way that, that friends annoy each other. I think other times, the other kinds of, uh, repetition are either because I don't think she's received the message or maybe uh, she's uh, forgotten to see the message. And I think those are those are things that people do when they send each other texts pretty frequently, actually. And what would you have me rule should I find in your favor with regard to Hector's behavior? Well, I think it's unrealistic to believe that he would stop doing this entirely. Um, so why do you think he is a victim of compulsion? <laughs> Um, a little bit, I suppose. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I think it, it probably gives him like some relief to know that he is reaching out to me. Why do you think he needs that contact? If he's in like a moment where something is worrying him or he's stressed out about something and he wants advice from someone, me in particular, then it. I think it probably does alleviate like some anxiety to feel like he has done the first step to getting what he needs. I'll get back to my question in a second, Molly, but Hector, is Molly the only person that you do this with? She's not the only person, Um, but she, she's probably of, of my friends, the the one that I seek the most advice from, to be quite honest. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what advice do you give her? What is the subject of your advice to her? What are your areas of expertise, if not professional? Well, I, I, I mean, I'd say that this is a, a sort of a complementary aspect of our friendship is that she, you know, I, I give her more of the interpersonal advice. Molly, do you value Hector's advice? Absolutely. When you need his advice, how do you approach him? Um, usually 
I wait until we get a chance to I just send them nine ampersands. Why? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, usually I, I tend to, well, I tend to wait till we're actually talking and then ask a question that I have on my mind or else I will like send him a text that says, hey, I need to talk to you about something related to blah, blah, blah. That sounds really good. Hector, is that true? Yeah. All right. When you guys knew each other personally, like one on one, Mm -hmm. was it much easier, Hector, for you to get advice and help from Molly? Like when you were living together in St. Paul or not living together necessarily, but there's no, there has, this isn't a romantic relationship, I gather. No. 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 Well, easy, Molly. (laughs) Message received. (laughs) Hector, I hope you caught that. I hope you didn't misinterpret that tone. Was there a golden age where you and Molly Hector could just talk and talk and talk and get all this out that you miss? Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I think when we're when we're when we're yeah when we're face to face, you know, this doesn't happen. Right. And I just have uh, five more quick questions for you, Hector. Mm. Is vocal fry real? <laughs> no. Is vocal fry real? <laughs> Is vocal fry real? <laughs> Is vocal fry real? <laughs> Is vocal fry real? Why aren't you answering me, Hector? <laughs> yeah. Oh, triple slash, like. triple slash. <laughs> I've heard everything I need to hear in order to make my decision. I'm going into my chambers to look through my dictionary of emojis, and I'll be back in a moment to render my decision. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Molly, how are you feeling about your chances of prevailing in this case? I'm feeling pretty good. Hector, what are you doing? What are you doing with your life? What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing, not even forward slash, forward slash, forward slash. (laughs) Well, we'll see what Judge John Hodgman has to say about this when we come back in just a minute. You're listening to Judge John Hodgman. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Of course, the Judge John Hodgman podcast always brought to you by you, the members of MaximumFun.org. Thanks to everybody who's gone to MaximumFun.org slash join. And you can join them by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad. And I got one for my mother-in-law. And it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously. 
See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2020-24, Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I, I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step-by-step, day-by-day, bird-by-bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks... Imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. You may be seated. Hector, uh, you, one thing is true. You need advice. We've, that's established. <laughs> <laughs> you need advice in a lot of areas. And not least of which is uh, internet and electronic communication etiquette. But even just face-to-face etiquette. Jesse Thorne, you, you ask a lot of questions and you answer too few. I heard through the chamber doors. Jesse what's going on with your life? Just dead silence. So I'm ordering you to answer that question. Is everything okay, Hector? Yeah, you, no, everything's good? fine. Are you good? Because <laughs> yeah. you read in your frequent requests for Molly's attention as somebody who is... Uh, 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 maybe in a little bit of trouble, alone in Belgium, not able to interpret what the robots are saying. <laughs> You're okay, right? No, yeah, I'm fine. Okay. Are you lonely out there? Nah, I've got friends. Okay, good. I want you to be good. With regard to texting, you're doing it wrong. Okay? You're harassing Molly with your texts. And texting is a still a relatively new area in our electronic communications and we're still testing out the boundaries of what is okay and what is not okay and we've discussed this on the podcast a little bit before um the thing about texting that is so uh wonderful is that it is intimate and spontaneous the thing about texting that is so awful is that it is uh intrusive in that there is currently uh, and and i think baked into the system an expectation that when you receive a text, it is now your obligation to res- respond as quickly as possible. And it has given some people who are on anxious jags, like you, Hector, 
the perceived right to keep texting until they get that immediate answer. But this is a violation of human rights. Just because you had the smart idea to contact someone doesn't mean they are forced to respond to you on a time frame of your choosing. If and especially you're asking uh, a favor, the favor of advice, all the more reason to be patient and gracious and to state your business plainly and to wait patiently for the substantive response that you hope for but do not deserve. We've mentioned it on the podcast before. It bears repeating. I wish I had put it on the settled law poster uh, slash uh, t-shirt slash tea towel. But among the various items of settled law, including people like what they like, one that I would add now uh, is the fact that despite what your parents always told you, it always hurts to ask. Even if you are asking a friend, a dear friend for advice, a friend who wants to help you, you are still asking for their time and their consideration. You are asking them to take up their time for your life. And if you do it too often, that is not a terrible pain to incur upon that person, but it does cause them time, stress, attention, and it does hurt your relationship a little bit. Relationships exist on give and take. Do you see what I mean? And if you're asking too much or too often or in the wrong way, those little hurts will gradually erode that friendship a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more until you get to a point where maybe the friendship isn't what you wanted it to be anymore. If you are creating digital communication in the professional world in this way that is nudgy or harassing, and I'm not saying you are, but if you are, then that will have real-world consequences. I think Molly would tell you so. If she could get over her fury at the many emoticons she has to wade through before you finally get to your question. As far as your email etiquette goes, I'm still befuddled as to what you could not interpret in that in that form letter from the philosophy program. I'm sorry you didn't get into it. I'm sorry the robots hurt you. <laughs> but but the truth is there there isn't there isn't a lot of mystery to how to compose uh, email or text for that matter. Bear in mind the person that you are sending the message to. Consider how much of their time uh, you are willing to take. Consider your relationship to them and how close you are. Consider what it is you want to ask or are requesting from the communication. And then politely say what you want and get out. This is not just a message for you, Hector, but to all of my fine and favored correspondents in the world who read my three books of complete world knowledge. Books, I admit, are extremely verbose and full of extra words where they are not needed for comic effect. And when they write to me to ask me for something, they think I will be amused to read five paragraphs <laughs> of fake John Hodgman language. And those people, I say, I love you, and I read the thing, and then I, I finally answer. But I will always be more inclined to think kindly of someone who clearly is respecting the fact 
that I'm that I'm getting a lot of emails, that I have a lot of calls on my attention, and we'll get in, ask a thing politely, and get out. And that's all you need to do, Hector, in your life. Don't blame the robots for not buttering you up. They're just saying what they need to say and getting out. And so, with this in mind, I'm going to respond to Molly's requests. First of all, that Hector acknowledge that his digital poking is a stressor in your life. Molly, Hector may or may not understand that that his behavior stresses you out. All you can do in friendship is say, this stresses me out and hope that he believes you are a human being who is telling the truth. (laughs) And, And you will know, I'm not going to force him to say it out loud. Because uh, in, in the immortal tagline of the movie Megaforce, deeds, not words. You will know that he acknowledges and, and uh, respects the stress in your life by if going forward, he stresses you out less. And if he doesn't, no matter what he says, he doesn't get it. I think Hector gets it, though. In terms of reducing the number of text messages he sends you, if you're not replying right away, you ask that I establish that a non-reply means you are busy and you will get back to him when you are available. Uh, I do and will order Hector to reduce the number of texts. You have heard me basically outline what I order Hector you to do. In future, when you want to contact Molly, you need to be plain what your intent is and state your request politely. Uh, And if she is busy... You will be patient until she replies. However, Molly, a non-reply cannot connote that you are busy. A non-reply is simply a non-reply. As far as Hector knows, way out there in the wilderness of Belgium, you may have uh, fallen down a ravine uh, and or hate him. So I think it is reasonable to establish a simple code that will mean between the two of you, message received, I will get back to you as soon as I can. And that code, of course, shall be slash, slash, slash. (laughs) When you get that code back, Hector, that means sit tight. No more emoticons. Hector, if you decide that you want to tease your friend Molly and annoy her, you you must always ask, is vocal fry real? (laughs) Oh, God. If you see that question, Molly, then you need not reply at all. No number of slashes are required. That just means Hector is wasting your time. (laughs) But if Hector is vocal fry reeling you in any way, (laughs) you you should feel that it is okay to go into your settings and set him for do not disturb your phone will not beep or vibrate in any way. The messages will come through, but it won't distract you. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you can send back to him a text. Uh, uh, I would say, just say to him back, it was vocal fry. Re- or just say vocal fry is real. If you say <laughs> vocal fry is real, then that means I have muted you for the foreseeable future until you start <laughs> behaving yourself. All right. And I think if you guys practice this, then things will normalize. And if they do not, then robots have taken over the earth. I do, my immediate summary judgment stands, I find in favor 
uh, of the plaintiff, Molly. This is the sound of a gavel. Judge John Hodgman rules that is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Molly, how do you feel about the verdict? Oh, I feel wonderful. That's exactly what I wanted. Hector, are you ready to talk? Yep. How do you feel? I, uh, you know what? I agree. Oh, my God. I wasn't expecting to win anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, And I've lost. So everything happened exactly as I thought it would happen. You know well, what, Hector? I'm... Y'all are still young people. And you're playing college-age games with each other. You know <clears> what I mean? Like bugging people, being annoying. That's how, that's how young people get along together. But now you're grown-ups. You've got to respect each other's time. And, and, uh, and, and you've got you to gotta be nicer to each other and not just bother them with weird questions in the middle of the night. I'm just saying that because I wish someone would text me his vocal fry reel. <laughs> I'm glad everyone's on the same page. Thanks for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Is vocal fry real? Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Hey, uh, Judge Hodgman, slash, slash, slash. Oh, what an interesting opening gambit. I'd like to talk to you. Let me get back to you right away. Oh, Jesse Thorne, slash, slash, slash. Hey, uh, Judge Hodgman, before we go this week, I, I would like to uh, I would like to plug something for once. Let me let me ask you a question before you plug. I know you want to get your plug in, but I have a serious and sincere question. What's that? Are you having any pop-up shops soon? Yeah, I am. Really? I'm glad you asked. We, we can just skip my plug. Oh, okay. Uh, but I will answer your sincere question. Thank you. You're hosting. So are you hosting I, any menswear pop-up shops at Maximum Fun HQ? Oh, not just menswear. Menswear and accessories. Oh. Uh, um, so I, I think people know that I run the uh, menswear blog, Put This On. It's why I'm sometimes consulted on menswear-related uh, questions. Um, we have a shop at PutThisOnShop.com that sells uh, pocket squares uh, as well as um, uh, scarves and a lot of... V- 
what you might call vintage accessories and notions. So let me tell you, I, I've, I'm looking pins. at I am looking at this shop. It's spectacular stuff, and you know what's always the hardest thing to buy uh, come holiday time? Gifts for dudes. Gifts for a special kind of dudes. Dudes called dads. Yep. And I just realized looking at this thing. And I'm embarrassed to admit this is the first time I've navigated to the PutThisOnShop.com. But I got my I got my dad dude gifts covered probably for the next four years. This There we go. This is awesome. The stuff that we got. A tiny metal rooster figurine. Oh, sold out. Sorry. Shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> Vintage Men of America 1929 booklet box set. Miniature burgundy shoes. And all we kinds have of, a lot of miniature shoes right now. All kinds of beautiful <laughs> blankets and scarves and, and uh, tie pins. and uh, It's just spectac- spectacular what you have going on here. And, uh, and people uh, at any range, uh, of, of any price range, you'll be able to find something that you like. And my only regret, honestly, Jesse, is that I'm not going to have a chance in the near future to see or handle any of these goods and buy them specifically from you in person in Los Angeles. I, 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 it's too bad such a thing doesn't exist, but I guess there's well, only so much I've you got great, I've got great news for you, Judge Hodgman. What's that? I mean, sure, you can go to putthisonshop.com wherever you live and use the code BATBROTHERS that I created just for Judge John Hodgman listeners and get free shipping anywhere in the United States. But if you want to come see me in person, we are having a pop-up shop here at the Max Fund headquarters in Los Angeles on Saturday, December 12th from 10 to 4. Uh, it is going to be a blast. I've also invented a friend who's a vintage clothing dealer who has a lot of beautiful things for men um, to come join us. And you can come check things out, get special discounts, um, all live in person. And all the information is at putthison.com. And, you know, so, if you've never been to Max Fund HQ, I I have never had a better time doing the podcast than when I am sitting in the in a dark, hot booth with Jesse at Max Fun HQ. But not only that, it also has one of the most spectacular views in Los Angeles, there in the American Cement Building. Uh, it's a, a tr- it's an amazing architectural uh, treasure and an amazing view. And uh, you should just go and check out the view. And, and then, you know, c- come, come for the stick pins, stay for the view. Yeah, exactly. So go to putthisonshop.com and use the code BATBROTHERS or come by our sale on Saturday, December 12th. It's really going to be a lot of fun. We'll also have free beer. You know what else is nice about Max Fun HQ? What's that, Judge? Only the nicest people work there, including our producer, whose Julia name? Julia Smith. Thank God you know it, because I forgot. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> Editor Mark McConville, who occasionally works here. Yes. Uh, and uh, thanks this week to... Topher Lundell. You got it. If you want to name a future episode of Judge John Hodgman, follow us on Twitter. I am at Jesse Thorne. Judge Hodgman is at Hodgman. You can talk about this show on our special subreddit, MaximumFun.reddit.com. And on Facebook, where you can join the Maximum Fun group, which is very lively and very fun. If you have a case for Judge John Hodgman, go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO and submit it there. MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. Uh, that is the place to bring it. No case too big or too small. We consider them all. Going Deep with David Reese, Wednesday nights on the Esquire Network, 10 p.m., DVR it. If you don't like it, you're not my friend. A thousand thank yous to uh, David Reese for filling in for me while I was on break. I have been watching season two of his show, uh, and I have been loving it. 
I really loved the paper mache dog that he apparently made in his kitchen, Dingo D. Dogglesworth, uh, which he used to learn how to pet dogs, despite the fact that he was uncomfortable with dogs because one attacked him once. Look, if you don't like it, you're still my friend. I don't understand you, but you're still my friend. Still, it's a great show to watch with kids of all ages and adults of all ages. And if you want to do me a favor, uh, uh, DVR it. And then you just press play and walk away the next day. Just just get just get your vote in. You got it. All right. We'll talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I will talk to you next time. Goodbye. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.